Hello, fellow humans. Welcome to another episode of For the Love of, a podcast where I do a deep dive into what other people love and are passionate about. My name is Steven, and today I have with me Natalie, who is a life coach and the host of So That Got Me Thinking podcast, and I'm excited to have her on today. Hmm. Natalie, thanks for hopping on. Oh, thank you for having me. It's my pleasure. Yes, and I, I appreciate you reaching out and wanting to be on the podcast and you somehow finding what we're doing and you, you seem to fit the, the energy and the culture of what I'm trying to build. So it was really cool to have you reach out. I appreciate that. The love of social media. Isn't it great when it works well? <laughs> when it works in your favor. Right? Yeah, sure. Exactly. Um, Natalie, so this is really cool for me because uh, we've never met except no. for what's happening right now. So this yeah. is a beautiful kind of like getting to know each other kind of situation um which kind of leads me into like asking so because you're a coach mm-hmm. and, and you've been doing for a while um I kind of want to know why you decided to be a coach what got you into it um was there somebody that you had beforehand that was a coach that got you interested in it or anything like that tell me about your your path to becoming a life coach okay so my I guess my topic for the love of is um people uh, which seems like a good topic for, you know, for this type of thing. I, I guess when I was a lot younger, I used to really like people watching. And if people watching could be an Olympic sport, it might be something that could actually win gold at, you know, that's something. And I would visualise, look at people and think, oh, so what makes them do that? Or why, you know, they're both doing the same thing. What would make one person do one thing and another person take a totally different set of circumstances and have a different outcome and I'm just I don't know I'm just passionate about human behavior what makes us what makes us do things what makes us us and I've always I kind of did sociology and that type of stuff at university and got more into it but my background is um counseling and again on more like trauma-based stuff and then I started thinking oh I had a coach and I thought, this is it, this is it. It's more about focusing and moving forward. And I started really delving into the world of self-development and just really trying to, I love to read. So another one of my love tos is quotes and books. So I just thought, you know what, I love, I love this. Like, why not try and share all of this stuff that I've learned and from different areas, whether that is self-development, spirituality or connection, trauma-based ideas as well and bringing them all together and yeah it just evolved and I thought this is what I what I want to share and so yeah I trained to be a coach and I particularly love working with younger people as well um I worked with younger people in in my roles before this and I kind of thought why are we waiting maybe to give them these tools when things go wrong why are we not giving tools to young people right at the beginning and almost like preempting things for them and to really giving them a toolkit to start them off in life so that's that's where I yeah that's where I came into things I suppose how young is young for you like when you're talking about developing kids 12 12 13 for me I think that is an age where we're really starting to know who we are what we're about we're understanding the world through our own lens a little bit more and it can be complicated, can't it, when you're talking high schools and all the, you know, all the different things we've got to go through. And I think we forget sometimes, don't we, that things, you know, you come home 
and things seem like really small, but it's massive, to, you know, when you're going through those things in your teenage years and everything is a big deal. And we haven't necessarily got the tools yet to deal with that. And if people around you don't have the tools to give you either, it can be really difficult. And um, I read, back to my quotes, I read a quote somewhere that said something along the lines of, um, be the person you wanted when you were younger. And I thought, oh, yeah. Yeah, that's it. I'm going to yes. try and be that person that I w- wanted and needed when I was a teenager. And I wanted those tools and I wanted to understand about self-development. And I didn't until I was late 20s kind of understand, like get into that world at all. So almost like, can we fast forward that experience for young people and, you know, be a bit like, you know, in the words of Whitney Houston, I believe the children are our future. So let's, let's preempt that as much as we can and instill it and really try and learn from them as well as them learn from us. You know, I had a, a, a basketball coach back in junior high. So I was like, I think I was eighth grade for me. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I'm competitive. <laughs> it was like, and it was the championship game. The whole school was there, right? So it's yeah, kind of cheering. Yes, <laughs> cheering. And, and, you know, I'm, I'm like the, um, uh, the point guard. So, you know, it's like, serious business like i was a big deal right right it's serious and it's serious and all of your like self-worth is kind of wrapped up in how well you do right yes and uh, i remember we lost by like it must have been like four points like it was real close but don't you feel that it's like oh yes (laughs) i did and i remember getting angry at my team towards the end because maybe they missed a block or they didn't do it right and my coach just put his hand on my shoulder and said steven you don't think now, you don't think it is now, but there are a lot more important things to life than just a junior high basketball championship game. And then, and at the time I was like, he doesn't understand. He hasn't got he a clue. Know. Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> and then, and then I, you know, now looking back at it and I'm older now than my coach was because my coach was in college mm-hmm. and I'm thinking, wow, that was, I laugh now at the stakes of that game. Right. Yeah. And he was right. He yeah. Was right. But at the time I didn't know to think of it in those terms and I, that what he said always stuck with me so i think that's really interesting you you're in a very good position to impact kids in a, in a time when they're malleable and they'll probably hang on to a lot of the things you're going to say for a while i think it's really cool yeah and it's really interesting because i went in kind of doing group coaching and sessions and you know quite a coaching based atmosphere and i thought i'm going to try and do some meditation with them you know and i thought i'm not sure how this is going to go down a lot of the young people that were coming to my sessions had a lot of external issues, you know, lots of things going on. And that was the one thing they all asked for more of. They all wanted more access to maybe a more a more spiritual way of dealing with things, of mindfulness. And it was really interesting. And I thought, maybe we don't give young people enough credit. I've thought this before, but in terms of, like, presuming what we think they need rather than, you know, giving them a chance to tell us. Ooh, that's important giving them a chance to tell us what they need rather than just telling them what they need. Yeah. That's clever. Well, it just seemed, it seemed to work. And they were, they said, you know, on that next week, can you, can we do more of that? And and it was the one thing I thought, Oh, I'm not sure about this. We'll give it a chance. And that was something that they said, you know, that's something I'm going to do now. And I'm going to take that. And I was, I'm always surprised when I work with young people. I think they always give us glimpses of themselves that we, you know, that we can see, and and also we can see glimpses of ourselves within them. I certainly do, and I think, oh gosh, I was, so, I can see myself in you, or I can see parts of you, and also maybe when self-esteem is really low, 
with the groups I've had, I particularly think, gosh, I wish you could see yourself through my eyes and how much potential I can see in you that you can't necessarily see right now. And to have an adult look you in the eye and tell you, like, I wish you could see how great you are from my perspective, to, have, to, to be a kid and to hear that, I think, is so powerful. Because some some children may not get that at home or from their circle of friends or, or anything. So for it to be a person of authority, an adult, so to speak, to say yeah. that, it is something I think is very needed, that emotional kind of support for kids. Absolutely. And it's, and especially where they're developing. Like, yeah, and I think we've, we've all got those stories, haven't we? We've got that one teacher or that one coach. We've all got like a positive and a negative version. You think, oh, that I've never forgotten what they've said. And luckily for you, it's a positive thing. But I'm sure you've also got stories of a slightly more negative version of, the, of that story too, where different people, you can take things on. And, and we, we learn those things. And we, when we're younger, we take them as truths, don't we? And we think, gosh, yeah, that's us. They've told me that's what I am. So it's a self-fulfilling prophecy, good or bad. So I think we've got a real duty to boost self-esteem of, of young people in particular. But in anyone I work with, it's just a field that I'm really passionate about is young people and helping them excel. Do you feel like the the issues or conversations that you have with younger people are the same kind of conversations you have with those that are older? Do you think do you think that like comparison or, or failure or embarrassment or things like that? Without a doubt, and that's really because I started off coaching. I thought, yeah, I'm just going to be women, and you know, I'm, I'm going to just focus on women because I'm really passionate about that. And then I was doing working with young people in my day job. You know, I was trying to get my side hustle on my coaching on the side and stuff, and um, we all know how that works. And I was thinking, God, I'm speaking to these young women and young men. And they are saying exactly the same things, but just in a different clothing. They just worded it differently. But ultimately, if you dig down deep enough, the issues of kind of self-belief and self-worth and oh, just all of those things about comparison. And am I good enough? And do I fit in? Should I look like this? Um, connections, relationships. It's no different. It's just a different age group. So that was my, why I really wanted to go in and do more work in schools, particularly with young people is to say, why are we waiting for people to, to have issues to then work on themselves? Yeah. And we will almost like, it takes a few sessions to unlearn what we've been taught through life. Why don't we pre-install that as a real positive thing and then boost even further? Why are we waiting to be knocked down? Let's make kids emotionally intelligent earlier on yeah they can be emotionally functional adults at at least as much as possible moving forward yeah because we all know holistically don't we if we we don't if we're feeling emotional positive or negatively that's going to affect all different areas of our life we can't just shut that off so if we can deal with that how many other things can we deal with for those young people how many more positive starts will they have about different areas in their lives and i just think it could be a real ripple effect. You never know what impact you can have on people, do you? Small, simple smile, a word said to somebody. We forget, I think, how impactful we can be just by being us. Wow. Let's just pause on that for a second. <laughs> how, how impactful you can be just being yourself. And if you can have the confidence to be who you truly are, then that the world needs that. The world doesn't need your fabricated copy of whatever celebrity you're a fan of. No Instagram profile you're a fan of. They don't need that. They need you. Yeah, and I think it's really important because obviously social media is their life. 
they've grown up, you know, around everything they do. And school doesn't stop, does it, after 3pm or wherever it is, wherever you come from. It carries on. And I think it's really important to say, you do know that's not quite real. You do know that's not a real version of what they're projecting. And to really hone down on that and to get them to think, why is that? Why are they putting filters on themselves so they don't even look like them? Because actually they don't feel good about themselves. And so they've got all those issues we've just talked about in this session. They've got two. It's just they hide them behind a lens. Um, and one big thing I think for young people is what I call almost like comparisonitis. Like comparing, it's almost like a disease. Like we have to compare ourselves to someone else. And it's, if it's not someone in my class or in my neighbourhood, it's somebody that I see online. How how can you compare with that? How can you do that? And for me, my biggest attempt of lessons are you're good enough exactly how you are. You are good enough. And that's all. I was going to ask you that. I was going to ask you, how do you, because based on just the research I've done and what you'd like to talk about in some of your podcasts and whatnot, yeah. um, how do you combat the, com- the comparisonitis with people? <laughs> Is there like a secret sauce to it? Is there a certain thing that you you kind of go to every time? But like, how do you approach that to people? For me, I think comparisonitis and guilt are linked together. So there's like, I should, I should do this, I should do that, I should fit into this more, I should do what my parents think I should do, and that's adults, let alone young people. You know, I've got to fit into this thing. I've got to have this job. I've got to do this. I've got to have this. And it's almost like I'm not allowed. I'm not sure if I'm allowed to swear on your podcast, but um, is that okay? Okay, good. So my saying is should is shit. So if you say I should, automatically you're on like why? Like we should be questioning this. Why should you? Do you want to? Is it positive for you? Have you questioned why you do that in the first place, or has it just been handed down to you? So for me, I tried to unpick the comparisonitis around why are you comparing? Is it because society told you you should look like this or all of the people around you do a certain thing? And going back to a real basics of asking yourself, what do you want to do? Who are you? I didn't know that until I was in my 30s. You know, that took a lot of doing. So again, less, and that'll change and that's okay. And I think it's about being really kind to yourself as well within that that's that's for so me many, what i do there's so as you as you're talking there's just so many thoughts that go through my head <laughs> i in complete agreement with everything you're saying and i'm like oh yes that, that oh yes that oh, yes, this that, is a whole other podcast topic yeah <laughs> <laughs> right. but there's this book the, one of my favorite books is mark manson's uh, the subtle art of not giving a fuck yes and yeah, okay, so you yeah, know, I'm there. I love books. I'm there. I'm with you, Stephen. Yes, yes. And the biggest thing that he goes over is it's giving, it's caring about the things you should care about and then not giving a fuck about the things you don't need to give a fuck about. So back to what you were saying is, okay, let's say you're comparing yourself to your a fellow student. Well, wh- what is it about them? Are they a star athlete? Now, is being a star athlete, does that fall in line with you and what you're, you're, you're capable of and what you want to do and all these things? If it does then use it as motivation or change yes. your mindset about it, whatever. But if not, if you're a musician, then who gives a fuck? Let that guy be a jock and you go play the violin like a master. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. Like there's nothing wrong essentially in, in someone inspiring you 
like you say, if they're a really good violin player and you want to be that person or, you, you know, you see somebody and you think, how have they done it? Like, let them inspire you. Learn from their lessons, you know. Ask them. Go and speak to them. Find out how they did all those things that you want to do. But don't want to be them because you've got your own unique gifts. So find out what your strengths are and play to those. You know, we're not all going to be the star athlete. We're not all going to be the... I don't know, the violin players of the future. But find it what that bit is of you and use that. And, you know, everyone tries to work that out. We all change through life, don't we, as things go on and things happen to us and sometimes life drags you down a little bit. But it's still about finding, so what's my, what's my strength right now? What can I use and utilise? And actually, what am I known for, you know? Because people think, oh, they're the so-and-so one, don't they, you know? Good or bad, so let's work with what we've got before someone else pigeonholes you into something you don't quite want to be. Right. It, that, that's a good point as well. Um, actually, like I said, all the things you're saying, I'm like, oh, yes, this, oh, yes, that. <laughs> and it's, I, I was thinking um, the person you might look up to or the person you might be comparing yourself to, they would be a really shitty you. Yeah. You're the, you're the best you that you could ever be. So, like, if you look at somebody else, they're going to be a really bad interpret an, an interpreter of you or an impersonator of you. So just be the best you can be. Let them be the best they can be and move on, you know? And we just all... appreciate people's – the, the way you intertwine with people as you go and yeah. motivate each other and push each other and add to each other's, you know, strengths. And we all need that reminder sometimes. So even if we know it, it's hard to – when we have a bad day or things are going on, to remind yourself that you matter, you are really important and you matter. And back to people who inspire you. I love Elizabeth Gilbert. But... Oh, I don't know her. Oh, she's amazing. She um, wrote Eat, Pray, Love. And she's got loads of other books. And she's amazing. So there's a film of Eat, Pray, Love too. And Julia Roberts is in the film. Um, and she... Yes, I am familiar with that. Oh, cool. Okay. So she's just very creative. And the, she, you know, she writes about creativity as well. And she's just so open and transparent and just free and just does everything. And I think, oh gosh, wouldn't I like just a little bit of that, that kind of freedom yeah. that she exudes. And I think, yeah, I would. So can I, can I take that little bit of Liz Gilbert and, you know, attempt to put it in the work I do? Doesn't mean I want to, you know, I have to be Liz Gilbert, but could I take a little bit of that part that I really admire about her and put it in? I'm sure I could. Um, but it's about knowing where you come into that too. So instead of taking like specifics from people and copying what they do, maybe take a generally, like what you said, maybe she's really creative and free and honest with her writing. And so you think, well, I could be creative and free and honest yeah. with her writing. And I just think, you don't have to be exactly like her. No, it just spurs me on to think, okay, I really want, I would really like my writing to be more, yeah, more transparent, more open, just more free. And I think, well, okay, so today, let's channel that then. Let's, let's do my best, you know, channeling of that aspect i'm not going to say right today i'm going to write like liz gilbert i'm just gonna within my writing try to adapt that part of it that i really admire in someone have you ever done something um, that was like hard or kind of what you're talking about here maybe you sat down to write something because you were inspired and then you turned around and you were like really impressed with yourself and you're like, oh, shit, I'm pretty good at that. <laughs> Has that ever happened? So usually that happens when I'm face to face with people. If they, if I'm coaching, and all of a sudden something will come up and I'll just start flowing and talking. And afterwards, I thought, that was pretty good. That 
Like what I just told them was really good. I don't know where it comes from. And I think sometimes it's it's about the flow, isn't it? That when you're in something that you love, back to you know your podcast, but when it's something you love and you're passionate about, you could talk about it all day, can't you? You can bore everyone around you <laughs> with whatever oh, you're yeah. talking about, and like excuse yourself to. I'm really sorry. I'll stop now. You know, um, which is what I tend to do quite a lot. If people get me going on something about this topic, I'm like, okay, I I know I've gone over the topic. I'll I'll stop. Um, so they, that usually happens when I'm coaching someone, um, especially someone where I can see myself in them, and then I'm talking, and then I think, hmm that was pretty good if I do say so myself and then or if I get some nice feedback from someone to say that's really helped in some way I feel like I've done a little bit of some type of path on their journey you know I've been a little a little small part is all is all I kind of do it for I guess is my love I think that's one of the reasons that I do I have this podcast platform is because I want people who it's more often than not are silencing themselves or that talk passionately and then say sorry <laughs> yeah this is a safe out. place for the for us people yeah exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, um yeah i i was wondering because some people when i talk to them about coaching by the way i'm a huge fan of coaching i i will probably end up being one myself and get certified i'm just trying to figure out which way to go yeah but i have been coached before by others um mm-hmm. whether it be sports whether it be personal whether it be if you know an official person i've hired or just like a, an older gentleman who's been a mentor to me yes like so I, I understand i understand the importance of it but when i talk to other people about it who may be a little bit newer to the concept mm. um kind of the idea of do our life coaches supposed to have all the answers yeah. kind of come up? And so I like to ask coaches, like, what do you say to people who think, like, I can't get started because I don't have all the answers or I'm not old enough or, mm. you know, along those lines, what do you think? Especially, I think, in the UK as well, life coaching is it's known, but it's still very... Um, people are cautious of it, should we say. Brits are quite cautious anyway, but we're very cautious about life coaching. Um and that's a real generalization, I know, but I think more so than the US. You know, people are more understanding of what it is and got I more. I was actually going to ask you that. I was going to say what the attitude was, for, you know, America versus. I think I should come and live in the US. I think I would make a much better living <laughs> if I moved. <laughs> um, but in general, yeah, I think people think, oh, well, you know, and I think that is the difficulty about social media, thinking. I th- I've been prey to this myself and you think, oh, well, I should put something really insightful up on social media because, you know, that would really be meaningful to my audience and who, who they think I am. And I'm like, no, no, no. I think my, what a mentor said to me, and I think mentors are amazing. I've been really lucky to have some amazing mentors is to say, use your voice, you know, speak to your audience as you would speak to a friend because essentially they're they want to know what you've got to say, not like a real smart version of you that's edited or, you know, within reason, obviously. So I really try to say what I want to say authentically. Um, but I always say to people, I'm a coach, but essentially I'm just really good at asking questions and dig into the, dig into the, the heart of the, sometimes the questions you haven't asked yourself or sometimes that, really good friends won't ask you because they think you might get offended so essentially I'm a really good question asker and I can usually see behind the bullshit so people might come to me with a like I've got this problem I want 
you know I want help with or I want coaching with and then after the first session you, you can sometimes be as if are you sure that's that that's what you've come here for did you really, did you want to come here to vent yeah yeah or was yeah. or was it because from what you're saying it's nothing to do with the issue you've come here for and they're like actually no it's because of this i'm like yeah okay so let we've got rid of the bullshit layer the kind of social media version and we've got to the real true you now let's start the work um so i always say no i haven't got all the answers and i don't think any of us do and every day's a school day isn't it we're always learning and sometimes i think oh god if i knew that now i would have done that totally differently but we only know what we know you know like maya angelou said didn't she you know when we know better we do better um, and that that's my one of my favorite quotes and I think I use that all the time in coaching coaching is a way of exploring who you are to get to that point so when we know who we are better we can make better decisions for ourselves pretty much sums it up I suppose you know you're using a lot of the same the same kind of quotes and sayings that I like to use like yeah school day mm-hmm. things like that I think it's good for people to realize if you're even if you're going to be a coach and even if not if you if you want one to understand they don't have all the answers and we don't pretend to number you don't need, you're not some sort of all wise person that just decided to get paid for dispensing your you know wouldn't that knowledge. be nice right right <laughs> yeah i mean we would good grief but i i think people need to understand that and that's why i try to like ask these questions because yeah because all the good coaches like you and others that i've met They'll say, no, we don't. Even Tony Robbins says, like, I'm not your guru. That's his Netflix program, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, And if it's good enough for Tony, it's good enough for me, you know? (laughs) But Yeah, talk about comparing ourselves. I know. Let's take a little bit of Tony and put it in. Um, Right. Yeah, let's take that aspect and put that in. Um, But, no, seriously, I just think that usually they've done kind of a lot of work. They maybe know some different aspects of things for me anything that I watch or anything that I read or listen to it's got to change my perspective that's why that's why I'm that's why I'm invested in it so for me that's what coaching is is to change mindset and change the way your perspective is on something it could be something subtle or it could be something subtle that actually makes a huge difference into a ripple effect into your life are are you saying that the the, the media you consume, you consume it specifically to try to change your perspective or it's just so, so exclusively like with podcasts or movies or TV shows yep. or whatever, it's all about perspective mainly. Yes. I would say 90%. I I do, you know, everyone's got a bit of a binge watch of something, haven't they? You know, we've all got to have, you know, that box set that we can't switch off, but right. 90% of my consumption is to learn or to gain something so I always want to because we don't know it all and I'll be the first person to say that like I'm always ready to learn and find out with different perspectives different things that are working for different people so if I can take that on board even better what can I learn I can only help more people by getting a different perspective I can share that with a student or I can share that with someone I'm coaching at the moment let's let's move if we can change audiences and change perspectives I think we're only doing like a greater a greater service so for me yes all about how can I what can I learn what's this about what does that does that touch me in some way is it like a really emotional piece if you're reading like a book like I do like you know an affirmation or a book or something that's really going to touch the emotions you know or is it something that you've you've listened to and you think god yeah I hadn't thought of it that way how can I that impacts everything can I change that up you know we haven't always got to invest in 
huge uh, programs of learning or you know a massive program of coaching I'm not saying there's anything wrong in either of those things but sometimes when we can only do a 10 minute slot of something we can still use that we haven't got to say look I've got no time everyone's t- you know I think it's the biggest thing people come to with but I'm just so busy it's like every the other disease is busyness isn't it comparisonitis yeah. and busyness if you're too busy to, to educate yourself then uh, on anything then I, I feel like you're too busy um, because if you can't throw on a podcast on the way to work or while you work out or while you're doing if you got to type in information on the computer or something like there are so many ways right now to get information inside your head it could be a video, it could be an audio book, it could be reading a book. You can order a book on Amazon, it'll be here in two days. Literally. Like, instant. Right. We're so used to instant. Um, and almost like we got I mean, so... YouTube alone. Yeah. YouTube and there's itself. so you much the great content. Right. So much great content about any ish, any topic you could think of, isn't there? It? It's just unlimited. But sometimes I think we've got so much information, but not enough knowledge. So there's so much out there, but do we use it? You know, I love to read and it's something I've been brought up with. Um, my grandmother used to say, if you can read, you can write. If you read and write, you can do anything you want in this world. And that's really stuck with me. Again, someone, you've got a mentor, someone says something to you, sticks in your head. And um, and they, there's always this quote, isn't there, knowledge, knowledge is power. And I think Tony Robbins who says, knowledge, you know, reading and knowledge is power if you apply it. So we can all know this stuff. Does it change what we do? Does it change our everyday interactions? Does it change something we think about? If not, I'm not sure it is power. I'm a real life example of getting books or downloading videos and then it's just sitting on the ca- on the shelf. We're all guilty of some level of that. But I'm I'm like a I'm like a serial. <laughs> but I try to get better, and that's why like if I if I know like I read it halfway through a book okay let me finish this book before i start the next one yeah if it takes me four months like every time i sit down to read it will be this book and nothing else Even yeah these other books are super i am i am focused yeah cool. right and so i try to do i try to do that same thing because you sit there and look at like you said all that information you have on your shelf but if you're not reading it and you're applying it then what good you're just wasting your money and that's that's a great point. But we've, we've all been there, haven't we? And we think, we think, oh, yeah. this is what I need. I need this now. This is going to change everything, reading this or doing this program or whatever it may be. And then you think, oh, I'm not sure. Because ultimately, we, we've we all got the answers inside ourselves, haven't we? I know this is really cliche, but it's kind no, of... Oh, it's true, though. It is so... that's, like, searched a little bit harder knows that, and especially with coaching, if, if you can unlock in your head the right questions... You, it's like you already know the answers. You you kind of know what you want to do, what you want to be, how you want to act. But if you can be honest with yourself and strip all that away, you know the, all the answers. So just for yourself, so be honest. Like the honesty part of it too. Yeah, strip away the version that you think you should be and just come with what you know. What What is like in your heart true to you? I think that is the, what, the best question you could ever ask yourself. If you answer with integrity. And think, would it matter? Like, so say there was no social media anymore. There was never ever going to be social media in this world ever again, right? I know that's really hard to imagine. And no, and no one really cared what you did. What would you do? Who would you be? Would you be different to where you are now? Possibly. 
possibly not. <laughs> right, depending on how authentic you are right now. Mm. And how much of a shit you gave, I guess. <laughs> there you go. That's yeah. actually true too. Do you do you have a coach? Do coaches have coaches? Yes. Coaches, coaches need work? coaches, yeah. Um yeah, coaches have coaches. I think it's like anything else. Like I say, we're, we haven't got all the answers. We're trying to work it out too, you know. we all got our own personal stuff we come with, don't we? And our own biases and things that we've been brought up with, whether that's like the society we live in or the families we grew up in. And we're all just trying to work out what is what is true. Yeah, what is true to us. And how can we, what's important to us? How can we make an impact? If that's, you know, if that's what you want to do, how can you... How can you make changes for people and help people? Because ultimately, that's why I became a coach. I just wanted to help people. I wanted to, like I say, be the person that I wanted or needed when I was younger or or later on in life too. So how can you do that? So yes, coaches definitely have coaches um, and invaluable as they are, I would say. But I might be biased on that, Stephen. <laughs> <laughs> I knew the answer would be yes. Well, yeah. <laughs> There's this song... I think it's, I'm trying to, I'm trying to look it up right now. My yeah, phone. go on. When you were, you said it twice now and I want to get it right. Uh, there's this song called, uh, from the mystery jets called history has its eyes on you. Oh, like the, the I'm writing this down. Song, yeah. Like the hook of that song is, uh, it could be the hook or the chorus. I don't know technically what it's called and part of the song, but it's, they say, be who you needed when you were younger and they sing <gasps> over again and that's one of my favorite songs it should be my um, theme tune <laughs> yeah, no, it, no it will be because if you said it twice I'm like, she, if she doesn't know about this song she's got to know about i it. don't history, know about this song history has its eyes on you i'm literally going to download this after this conversation good good i'm definitely going to do that love it uh what are some what are some books or podcasts or songs and things like that that you love in relation to self-improvement coaching things like that so podcasts i always there's quite a few that i listen to so i love um oprah as everybody you know in self-development world does i love a better super soul sunday so because oprah's gone from like self-development to more spiritual as well which i love so i always kind of listen to those things i listen to um aubrey marcus so that's somebody i listen to is american and he does a lot of spirituality stuff and just all sorts of people read. I love Russell Brand as well. Um, and I just, he's just so, I often think I need a thesaurus to understand what he's saying, but I think he's just amazing. I just love what he comes out with. I'm like, yeah, he's so true. He's just so honest. Um, so I lo- really like those podcasts. And I'm sure there'll be others that I'll think, why didn't I say that one? That one's my favourite. Um, books, I love anything by Elizabeth Gilbert, like I mentioned, um, Cheryl Strayed. Usually anyone who's got like a story, I really love a storyteller or someone's got something to say. Um, Tuesdays with Maori, that really made me cry. That's a lovely book. Um, just, I've got low, honestly, I could just reel off books. I love You're to read. You're an avid reader. I, oh, I love to read. It's kind of my thing. Um, because you can always, I think you can always find yourself in, in a character when you can't necessarily articulate what it is that you want to find or that's bothering you for me I can always find myself in some type of aspect of a character it's easier to identify so I'd be like yes it's that I get it I feel like that too like I know I relate because sometimes you don't always find that person in real life necessarily unless you've got a great really diverse circle and I think oh yes prefer, that's what it is do you prefer fiction non-fiction when it 
Oh, that's tough. Mm. I it would be like a story, but that could be autobiographical. Too, yeah. So. so I live a memoir, so that's really good because I do like to to find people's journey because there's always just like a lesson in there, isn't there? Like an autobiography, and you think, "God, yeah, they've managed to go through that, and look, they've done pretty well." You know, they've yeah, they've overcome. Yeah. I love a story. You know, everyone does, don't they? You know, overcoming and look where they've you know where they've achieved and all this is amazing. And what can we learn from those? Um, Glenn and Doyle, I just I love as well. Um, all her work is amazing, but I would say seventy percent is nonfiction and thirty percent is fiction. I would say on my Amazon list. Um, yeah, I like to. I think I've got to. F- I think sometimes we're so engrossed in learning and doing and being. It's okay to just, just do nothing. You know, just let it wash over you and just be rather than do 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 all the time keep up with the busy and the momentum and the hamster wheel of doing 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 i should i I should be listening i should be learning more it's okay just you know do what you need you know you more than anybody else so be gentle if you need to not read anything or if i find it like it's my kind of soul soothing i guess so for me it's something that i enjoy but i know some people are quite hard on themselves yeah i read a book a week and if i haven't read it I think it's, you know, that's a lot of pressure. We, it's part of our downtime too, right. you know? Yeah, we, you got to be kind to yourself. No matter what you're doing, in, in, in whatever capacity is, it is, you got to be kind to yourself. And I a need, lot of people forget that. Yeah, I do too sometimes, I must be honest. It's still my learning. One of my lessons I, I think will eternally be my lesson is to like, it's okay. Like what would, if you were standing in front of a really close friend, would you be saying to them what you're saying to yourself? I doubt it. So let's try and be a bit kinder. I watched a video from Jay Shetty. Um, oh, I, he is. Yes, I'm literally reading his book. I started reading it yesterday. Okay, so you know who I'm talking about. I do. Um, he's, he's another friend of mine recommended that I get to his podcast and his books and whatnot. So I've been yeah. looking more at him. And he had a video where he um, spoke to some young women and said things like, uh, what are some of the things that inside your head you say to yourself? That oh, are negative? wow. And so these, these ladies said certain things, but they were being watched on camera by their younger sister in the other room, and they didn't know that. And so then, then he was like, all right, well, thank you for being honest. And he, he brought the sister in and surprised him and say, now, could you look your sister in the eye and tell her those things you were just saying about yourself to her? And they were like, oh, that's no powerful. Way. Yeah. And he was like, well, then why do you say it to yourself? yourself? And then, and then he had the sisters say something, say something kind to their older sister. And so it, it made it all really sweet and nice. But that was a really poignant reminder of if you wouldn't say it to those closest to you, like you have to live with yourself. No matter where you go, there you are, right? Yeah, and so that critical have... voice is loud sometimes, isn't it? It's very loud. <laughs> so loud. I just thought that was a, a good example of just being nice be nice to yourself yeah and when I've done something with a group of young women and we had masks so I brought in these masks and I asked them to write on the front of it um like qualities that you think people think of you so what do people think of you on the outside and then on the inside of the mask they wrote what they think of themselves and to see the difference about what they project and being you know authentic but what the inside version of them is and that was an interesting session just to see kind of how they think people think of them, how they think they should be, when actually they're like a totally different person inside. And how how can we get those two to match up? And I think, you know, adults struggle with that. I struggle with that. Lots of people I know struggle with that. 
and I think as even as we move through life and different pressures come on and different challenges, I think maybe that is the ultimate one is getting those two to match up. Yeah, I, I, I fall in the category of people that are just hard on yourself. Mm. For, for like more than, and, and, I th- and I say more than what I think is normal, but I'm, I don't know what's going on in other people's heads about themselves, right? So <laughs> yeah. it's all relative. Yeah. Um, and so I find myself multiple times today just kind of look if I look at myself in the mirror or whatever I'm like you know what dude you're okay just you're all right you know just you have to constantly remind yourself of it and if you do do that the more often you do it the more you're reminded to and you kind of let yourself off the hook a little more and it's kind of a fun kind of a fun exercise yeah have you ever heard of um Louise Hay so she's done a lot of the stuff around thoughts become things really and very much in terms of health um and she's got a book and it's, it's about mirror. So, and you literally stand in the mirror and say, I love you. I love you. And to start off with is the most awful thing you could ever hope to have to do. You think, oh, please, like, please don't tell me this actually it's works. Cheesy. Oh, it's just awful. And there's, there's an audio with her and, you know, it's, it's kind of coached through. Um, and it took me about, this program was supposed to be like 21 days, I think. And it took me until a good two thirds of the way through this program before I even was able to do it without cringing. Um, but by the end I was like, okay, I think I've, this has really helped, but, uh, but it just goes to show, I suppose, how, how we used to be in some negative to our image instead of positive. I was just like, this is seems so alien. This is so weird. Does the person in the mirror now say, I love you back? Most days. I think again, work, work in progress. Exactly, we'll take that. Um, work in progress. Um, yeah, most days she does. Some days she's quite hard on herself. She's, oh, you haven't done that yet, and you thought you were going to do this, and what happened to that? And you're going to get up early to do all these things you've promised yourself. Um, but most days she's quite nice. <laughs> well, good. Well, good. Hey, you so- you seem like somebody who who not seem like you are somebody who reads a lot, who absorbs a lot of content from a lot of other people. So I wanted to ask you, mm-hmm. um, if you could sit down and have a conversation with anyone, oh. you're dead. now I won't hold you this, your number one person might change, you know, day to day, week to week. So I won't hold you to it. But right now in your life, who would you like to have a conversation with? Oh, if I'd have known this question was coming, I would have thought about this a lot more. So I can only have one, Stephen. I, I, I wanted to throw a, do, a doozy at you. Okay, can I just have one? Okay. Okay, this is going to be very stereotypical because I'm a coach. But the, these were my top three, okay? So I've... My, my Okay, my top three was going to be Obama... Possibly Michelle, actually, because I love Michelle Obama and her books and her podcast. Her new podcast has come out is amazing. So, firstly, I'd be okay. Let's let's Michelle Obama's top three. Um, probably Jay Shetty actually as well because I'm just reading his book about um thinking like a monk and it's really insightful. Just that really interesting stuff about he changed his life and how he did things, which I really enjoy in. Um, but my top one would be Oprah. I'm so stereotypically coaching, but I just love how she's come, how she's just made her way up and how she's been known and like a savvy businesswoman and she's been against the ropes and she's still come back. And yeah, I just love her story and what she's about. And I would like to know more as 
a woman, you know, how she's managed to do all those things, but also as a businesswoman, how she thought, actually, I'm going to take this and take a risk on kind of spirituality, essentially, because she didn't know that was going to that was going to work and try that out. So for me, I'm going for Oprah. Yeah, who would yours be? Uh, so like, and and this was living or dead, right? So you could oh, I forgot that bit. Head. Yeah. You want to? Hey, do you want to add someone else? Though, I well, I'll to... hear yours and think at the same time. Okay. okay. <laughs> um. So living, I want to. I would love to sit down and have an inter, uh, a conversation with Gary V. Uh, <gasps> I just, I, I love his energy. I think his yeah. energy and my energy are similar, or at least mm-hmm. it can be similar. So yeah. I appreciate that about him, and I just love to chop it up with him for a minute. That'll be a goal on this podcast, though, to get him on. To get him as your guest. Who would you? Who would be your ideal guest? Would it be Gary V? Gary v. Yeah, Gary V. Um, so that's a goal. So I'm, I'm saying that I'm putting it out. Putting it out to the, the universe. Right yeah. Yep, we're gonna get Gary V on for the love of. Um, and I, I would really like to talk to Nikola Tesla. Ooh. And I can't exactly tell you why. I just know that. Him or Edison, but they've just had such an interesting story, and then what came out of their inventions was so magnificent and so world changing. It was just, it would just be really cool to talk to them, or one of the two of them, but Nikola Tesla probably more. And then I would, I would probably, because I love magic, I would love to have a conversation with like a really, like, like a legendary magician. Too. So whether it be David Copperfield, whether it be sitting down talking to uh, Penn and Teller, that would be amazing for me. Um, so I think honestly, Penn and Teller would probably be the one I'd want to talk to the most. So let's let's chalk it up to Gary Vee, Nikola Tesla, and then Penn and Teller. What a varied mix you'd have. Imagine if that was at a dinner table. That would be pretty epic, wouldn't it? Right. Yeah. Imagine the conversations you could have. It'd be awesome. Some of them might be outdated. <laughs> Just slightly on some of them, but you could introduce them to, you know, what their inventions have changed in the world. Right. Or what, what the magicians have used the electricity for, for to create illusions. That would just blow Tesla's Game mind. Game changing. Right. Yeah, game changing. That's not what he had imagined, I'd imagine. <laughs> I would have thought. Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, well, Natalie, I feel like you and I could go on forever. I think we probably stuff. could. <laughs> But I wanted to go ahead and just wrap this up here at the end. Uh, thank you for hopping on. And if anyone wants to look you up or get in touch with you, yeah. um, where would they go? How would they find you? So I am on Instagram, That Got Me Thinking podcast. Um, I have got a website as well, so NWB Coaching. Um, I'm on there. And yeah, that, that would be where you would find me. And I must say, your your Instagram page is very aesthetically pleasing. Oh, so you've done a great job with that. <laughs> Thank you. Um, that that was probably more fluke than anything, but I appreciate the appreciation. Yeah, thanks very much. Well, that was a, that was a serendipitous fluke then. Very much so. so. I'll I'll take it though. Thanks. <laughs> All right, guys. You know the drill. If you want to get in touch with me, you can look me up on at for the love of the podcast on Instagram 